get some insights in the news shaping the markets. And for that, we welcome in Kevin Gordon, Senior Investment Research Manager at Charles Schwab. Kevin, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. I, I like looking at the one month chart. Um, it makes me feel great to see the Dow is up three and a half percent, the Nasdaq's up eight and a half percent. Um, and the S&P and Russell too. So over the four weeks, you know, you say, oh, look at that. But you're, you're a little skeptical of the recent rally. Explain why. And it still even looks good if you zoom out a few months before that. You can see the pretty big drop that we've had, not just for the S&P 500, but you can extend it out to the NASDAQ or the Russell 2000. And you can see that, you know, a lot of those indices have regained a pretty significant portion uh, of their drop. But our concern has been when we look back at just the past month or you know since the troughs in those major indexes and those benchmarks, the leadership has been number one, narrow, uh, and number two, just very concentrated in some of the low, you know, low quality speculative segments of the market. And I think from our perspective, what we really want to see is a broadening out, not just in the sense of the number of stocks that are advancing, but who is leading the rally higher. And that hasn't been high quality. And in an era of you know multiple headwinds, starting with maybe the Fed moving from accommodative policy into a tighter monetary policy environment, what's going on with Russia, Ukraine, and then the commodity energy crisis that comes from that, and just the fact that we're in now a time of slowing economic growth, at least for the first quarter, um, you don't want to be seeing you know, that, that low quality leadership. That is not the, the time for the baton to be passed to those groups. So we want to see a broadening out. And because that, you know, the rally's been led by those areas and traditionally defensive areas, if you're looking at it on a sector basis, like utilities, REITs, um, to some extent healthcare, and then consumer staples, that's not indicative of something that, you know, a rally that has legs and that broadens out. So that's just where we would point to for, for some inconsistencies in leadership. I understand. I understand fully. And, you know, something that made me a little bit nervous this morning was, you know, when you hear about Jamie Dimon talking about the potential losses um, and the exposure to Russia and saying that uh, it could potentially be a loss of a billion dollars. And my worry is that this is what we're going to hear all week long, that all the banks ahead of earnings season, which begins next week, that they'll all start sort of putting out these numbers. I mean, a billion dollars doesn't sound like a little. Well, it's that it's exposure to Russia, but it's also, I think, just from a loss perspective, it's it's we're going to have to start dealing with losses that are now dealing with the as it pertains to the U.S. consumer and any degree of demand destruction. And a lot of that does emanate from what's going on with Russia, Ukraine and, and the commodity crisis that we're seeing. So more shortages and just a disruption in supply in the supply chain is probably, at least in the near term, going to contribute to headline inflation because that's where energy and food prices are factored in. But you know, as we're entering the next uh, earnings season, we're, we're going to be keeping a really close eye on what companies are saying as with respect to margins. And if there is starting to be pressure there, because there can only be so long that consumers can actually stomach the higher costs and that companies can benefit from the pricing power. And it has to be really nuanced there, because there have been companies, especially within areas like tech and some of the growthier uh, parts of the market, that have been able to pass on higher costs. But you know, in the aggregate sense, we have to start paying attention to the fact that you know, real incomes have contracted for seven months now. The savings rate has collapsed. There's just not as much of a cushion in the face of higher inflation where consumers are able to stomach the higher costs. And, and that's probably going to start showing up uh, you know, probably in short order. If it's not the first quarter, definitely the second, then into the third quarter. Um, but as it pertains to losses that you were saying, I mean, the, the direct hit to the U.S. from Russia is probably not as big. And I think 
you know, some of those will be spread out over a couple of years, but we have to factor in the global perspective too. And that's where you start to get, uh, you know, it starts to get a little murkier. Yeah, and without a doubt, the consumer is facing higher prices at the gasoline pump, at the supermarket, across the board. Um, anything that they're purchasing, they have supply chain issues. And, um, you know, if you go to a restaurant, if you get in a taxi, there's all these new fees. And so there's a lot going on that the consumer has to stomach at this point. Another area the consumer is faced with and that is of concern to you is what's going on in the housing sector. Is there good news and bad news or is it a lot of bad news? Uh, well, I think there's there's more bad news now starting to outweigh the good news, unfortunately. And the, you know, the if you want to call it good news, coming out of the initial phase of the or the depths of the pandemic was that from an affordability perspective, the main constraint started uh, really on the maybe down payment side or the initial affordability side where you had all cash deals and bidding wars going on. And that pushed a lot of buyers out of the market because they just simply couldn't afford uh, you know, the initial uh, pay up for the house that you had to go into. But now we're facing it from the actually monthly, you know, the monthly cash flow perspective with mortgage rates rising. If you just look at the change in mortgage rates over the past year, it's the largest one year change we've seen since the early 2000s. So that's now putting a constraint on affordability for people who have already gotten into homes um, you know, in the face of higher inflation and the other areas that we were just mentioning. So with that, you know, home price to income ratios are, you know, depending on which measure you look at it, in aggregate sense, in some uh, higher than what we saw during the financial crisis in the, the 2005, 2006 run up to the subprime bubble. Uh, and then, you know, you look on a monthly basis, it's starting to go up for people who, who already own homes. So that in conjunction with higher energy prices is starting to cause a shift in consumption and a shift in how consumers are expecting their consumption to change over the next six months or even over the next year. So that puts downward pressure on other areas like goods and services. And the, the rub with the goods part is that we've already seen downward pressure. So that's just gonna accelerate pent down demand that we've been expecting and seeing in that sector. And then it's also gonna you know, potentially put a little bit of a weight on uh, you know, a downward pressure on services consumption and services demand, which was expected to sort of lift us and lift the economy out of you know, the slump that we've been in. But now that's not as guaranteed, at least in the, in, in the near term. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And later in the show, I mean, we're gonna be talking about gaming and casinos and leisure and hospitality. And I really start to wonder what the consumer, there's been a lot of pent up demand, what we hear, right, for retail, for traveling, for, you know, what the consumer may or may not do. In the meantime, today, communication services, technology, consumer discretionary lead the way, while um, we're seeing consumer staples, healthcare, industrials, and utilities to the downside. Any final thoughts here on the market and what investors could be thinking about here? Well, I would I would caveat the to the sector leadership point that you were making. You know, a lot of the the larger names within those sectors. So, if you want to broaden it to you know think about it as the big five or the super seven, they've been called. You know, however you want to characterize it, the largest names within the the S and P five hundred of the market have been driving. You know, been, been responsible for a pretty considerable proportion of the gains that we've seen over the past month. That's pretty consistent with what we saw off of the what feels like a long time ago. Now, the March twenty twenty low in the pandemic. And you know the difference now is that there's not as much of a justification because we're not only living in those spheres that those companies represent. We're now much more open as an economy. We don't have as many restrictions, and you know we're we're sort of hopefully you know behind the, the hopefully the worst phase of the pandemic is behind us. So that's you know I think a 
maybe a mark on the leadership that we don't want to see with just a few companies driving those sectors or the broader index higher. Because if you go down the cap spectrum, that just isn't the case. You need to see more participation there. Ah, okay, Kevin Gordon, nice to see you on this Monday. A great setup, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Kevin Gordon of Charles Schwab, thanks for being here.